0: Welcome to another episode of FinTechX, the podcast from Credex, where we talk to the game changers, the innovators, the clutter bakers, and you guessed it, India's FinTech space. Today we have with us Vineet Yagi. He's the Chief Technology Officer at Biz2X, a business lending platform which straddles New York and Noida. Now, why is this little bit of geography important in the story? It's because the organization originated in the US as Biz2Credit, A digital only lender in 2011. A true pioneer. Now I'd like to ask uh, Vineet about what was the space like in 2011? You developed this product from scratch. What was the journey like?
1: Sure. Thank you, Kripa, for having me in the podcast. Delighted to be uh, part of this uh, journey. So I think interesting question. 2011 doesn't seem like a long time ago, but from a digital uh, evolution perspective, the last 12 years have literally been uh, a generation or two, two generation of changes which I have come across. So when we began our journey in 2011, uh, being uh, one of the first digital only non-bank lender targeting the SME space in the US market, As you know, U.S. uh, is a fairly expansive market uh, spread across the 48 contiguous uh, states and two non-contiguous ones. Every state has different laws. Uh, You know, working digitally at that point in time as your only channel of connecting with the customer, we literally do not have any branches or feet on the street, was itself the challenge because, uh, you know, 12 years ago the world while was uh, you know very digital but is not as digital that uh, we we live in the world today so we had many challenges and those challenges were literally figuring out the different connects reliable connects right ways of uh, connecting with the customer and sourcing data from him uh, at various points of the loan process Origination was simpler, but uh, how do you do that during the underwriting phase when you are looking at financial statements, when you are looking at bank statements and the financial information and trying to underwrite the customer? How do you establish the veracity of the information that has been submitted by the customer? Uh, Moving on, then, you know, e-signatures, funding, managing the loan. God forbid, loan doesn't go. You have to collect on the loan as well. Um, and you have to work with investors and you know, keep the back office running as well. So the world was uh, not so simple. Um, we kind of at one point in time thought we had bitten off more than we can chew. Uh, but over the first two, three years, what we literally uh, spent time on and that that's helped us establish ourselves as a big brand now. Uh, which has originated close to $20 billion globally on our technology. Uh, So we are literally spent two, three years figuring out how we would master not just running the originations, but also the back office digitally. So several things that are pretty much norm today, which is like leveraging the public cloud. We were doing that since 2013. One of the first uh, adopters uh, of the public cloud, uh, AWS, as it came out. Um, leveraging a lot of uh, data, analytics, AI, and machine learning and understanding the data. We have been doing that since 2014, where we have built our own models to understand and underwrite uh, you know, uh, customers based on their bank statements. Um, so several of these things from a journey perspective were difficult when we started. But I guess that's the enjoyable part of it that uh, we were sitting in India. And we were building the tech and the products for a very different geography and remotely at that. And uh, we were successful at that.
0: I mean, you guys were true pioneers. The A lot of what we think of as the new normal, I think you guys had like a head start with it in 2011. It clearly went well because technology then became productized into what we now known as bis 2 x what was that transformation like
1: uh so that uh, was an interesting part i think we never um, you know thought that we would be uh, doing that as a conscious strategy but as we uh, are a non-bank lender so our capital sources are coming from working with banks and other alternate investors etc and uh, as the world progressed and, you know, during more so when the digital was becoming more mainstream and uh, was during its initial hype cycle, everybody wanted to be digital in 2015-16 time frame. So uh, a lot of our investors were looking at us and in that partnership, they were acknowledging the fact that uh, we had perfected the way of... Uh, doing technical um, or deploying technology to really run run a very profitable uh, and uh, efficient business uh, digitally. So they were very curious and, um, you know, from a partnership perspective, looking at us to also help them by providing this technology. Um, So as true partner, one of these conversations led to our first uh, bank customer for our technology where we took our tech uh, that we were using internally and then gave it to the you know bank to run their own digital lending now we did that as a matter of a good partner rather than building a business model so you know that was an experiment so to say but literally when we saw the amount of uh, uplift and the innovation that we could bring to our partner um, who was using our tech uh, we thought um, we can help the world more. There could be more people who can benefit from these kind of uh, you know, interventions. And that's when we literally started seriously looking at how we can productize uh, and take this tech and make it available to other banks and financial institutions. So that's how this journey began and the transition happened. Uh, it was not well thought of but then it naturally happened. And then when it happened, we, in order to scale it, we brought the right focus to it. Um, You know, we we started growing uh, digital use cases across the world. And today Biz2x is used by 30 plus global uh, banks in countries like US, Canada, India, Australia. And also uh, at the start of this year, we have entered the GCC UAE market as well, signing up first couple of customers. And each of the use cases that we are bringing forward is literally helping the small businesses in that geography get access to right choice of credit faster uh, at better rates and also bringing efficiencies uh, to to the financial institutions who are using our technology. Uh, From a business impact perspective, very happy and delighted to share that we've uh, originated and closed funded Close to $20 billion of loans globally using uh, the Biz2X platform now.
0: So, the journey from 2011 to now, we are in 2023. You were pioneers, perhaps you had first mover advantage, but the landscape has changed quite dramatically, and there are so many players now. So, what is the process of finding your niche, perhaps pivoting to? you guys did pull off a really perfect with biz2x how what are the challenges of this sort of changing landscape with new competitions?
1: no definitely um and it's a right question uh, the world has gone more and more digital everybody um and a lot more fintechs have come up and um, every fintech has uh, a, a solution that they can offer as well I think there are a couple of differentiators, more than just the time-based head start uh, that we have. Um, one category of those differentiator, I would say, is comes from the fact that we have, with tech, built a full lifecycle lending stack. It is not just the origination piece. A lot of the digital spend and the digital finesse is focused and concentrated on digital originations, even today. Mid-office and back-office systems are still very archaic and uh, still branch-driven, people-driven. And they are not that digitized and digital only as they should be from an efficiency perspective. Um, Having built a very credible business of Biz2Credit on this tech, Biz2X tech, has given us the experience of how a mid-office and a digital back office would function, how state-through processing and state-through decisions can happen with tech enablement, with AI, and uh, you know, several groundbreaking things that we have almost innovated and invented. And how can that translate into a better customer experience with brings faster turnaround times? For example, uh, you know, one of the bank partners that we work with. Uh, their small business lending, uh, you know, file preparation and decision time was about a week, about a week, uh, from start to finish and deploying our solutions today, they are literally giving business credit cards. These are not personal credit cards, which are easier, mm. um, to do or personal loans, these are actual business credit lines. They can do it in five minutes online instantly where the underwriting happens instantly on the data that is been provided so it's literally you know bringing the level of efficiency into the mix that doesn't exist and we have mastered uh, that the second category of differentiation i would say is that because we are a biz to credit as a lender have the access to data of our customers we have the ability to build global scaled models and AI and data products that a pure tech player would not have access to. right? Hmm. So given our access to the tech, the data, and the capital gives us ability to deploy the tech very differently, imagine the use cases very differently, and even test it out at scale in our own business with Biz2Credit and prove out that this works. So I think these two major things are standing up still and giving us the differentiation that the banks and our customers recognize us for
0: as an organization that is functioning across three continents what have the experiences been in uh the readiness to adopt to new technology and what have been the roadblocks if any that uh you have experienced, and how does India fare in comparison to the rest of the world?
1: It's a good question. So given that Biz2x is operating across uh, three, four continents and multiple countries today, we've had the access and uh, learning while deploying platforms across uh, all these countries. Now, every country comes with its own, uh, you know, digital readiness. Uh, from a digital adoption perspective, I think uh, because of the pandemic there is a far greater digital adoption and, uh, um, you know, openness to adopt digital at variety of levels, uh, which has naturally come in. But from a digital, um, you know, readiness perspective, I think um, we have been sometimes very surprised with India where India has come out uh, being very digitally rich. We have literally leapfrogged many other countries where we didn't have access to certain things, but we literally leapfrogged to the next generation systems directly. Case in point would be our GST network, uh, which is very world-class in not many countries, including even in US, we don't have access to this rich data in real time through APIs about business and their transactions. Uh, low cost payment infrastructures, um, you know, other non-linear forms of data, um, which are being uh, created digitally in India through business models, like, for example, digital aggregators who are creating that, you know, pharmacies is doing it for pharmacies for, you know, Swiggy or Zomato are doing it for the restaurant business. So every sector, there is some digital data, um, you know, that can be used for extended credit analysis so that is a very very uh, you know india centric story where the origination uh, at the time of origination the richness of data is extreme uh, and you know strips any other country we outstrip any other country in that and the back office where you collect and where you may have to work with the judicial system and interact with the um, you know ministry or the you know corporate affairs roc etc um i think countries like u.s have a better head start there indian judiciary system doesn't have that level of openness or interconnectability into that data while we're working on that um you know the u.s has much better banking connects openness open banking connects etc and the coverage of that um countries like uae are not that digitized from a business perspective they never had credit bureaus they just recently started have, uh, having credit bureaus they, they never used to tax their uh, businesses or their uh, residents which has just started so tax information is also not available readily um, while it seems like a very walled economy and everything it's a very small retail oriented overbanked industry but from an SME perspective not very well banked and very well digitized. So, I mean, these challenges exist, but um, you know, happy to share that I've seen our experiences have, you know, told us that um, India is, uh, you know, one of the most digitally rich countries. While we will have to work on the back office integration, digitization part of it in India more. So, while we're on the topic of India,
0: like we, I have to bring up something that. It's absolutely a a topic that we can't really escape, uh, which is regulations and the regulatory environment in the country and the challenges that it poses to fintechs like uh, bis 2 x and bis 2 credit We need what's there. So I, um, I have.
1: I would say, I mean, regulatorily, uh, we have seen some um, you know, regulators, especially RBI, coming in and you know, stepping in and having to take some tough calls. But I think therefore the better. You may have a variety of views, um, you know, and a variety of fintechs business models get affected and other things. But I think in the longer run, uh, it is in the interest of the consumer. It is in the interest of the Overarching industry, Um, the regulators had to step in because Hmm. predominantly they wanted to, um, you know, stop reckless lending without any focus on risk that is being created by that reckless lending, right? Hmm. And that is one of the fundamental problems Hmm. in lending, right? You know, everybody needs money, and uh, if you give me, Kripa, a thousand crores, I can promise you I can disburse that within ten days. Digitally. Right. But if you ask me mm-hmm. if I can, um, you know, create a good healthy return and collect it all back, no, I would not be able to promise that. Then it would take further more time to build a book like that. So the regulators were seeing a lot of regular lending, which was creating or over leveraging, and the ultimate stress would have come on come on the banking sector. So they had to step in, protect okay. the customer interest. And some, you know, also the interest of the banking sector, and balance it out. Now, this is in interest of the industry in general, because as we will now, uh, you know, emerge from this, we'll be much more responsible. There'll be much more responsible. We'll be much more responsible towards the data of the customer. We'll be much more responsible towards mm-hmm. understanding the needs and the credit uh, assessment of the customer and also making sure that uh, neither are the customers or the banking systems or the financial or the fintech or you know players like us are recklessly over leveraging ourselves into a space where we are high growth but we are unsustainable right. business. so i think overall i see them as positive measures it may lead to uh, certain small town um, you know small term uh, slowdowns, but it will teach us to be responsible and build better uh, fintechs for the future.
0: Now, another with a little mention of Noida and New York, because alliteration sounds great. But besides that, I would also hear from you about the experience of like leading a team which is unlike some very varied time zones. I'm sure there are stories there, there are challenges, and I'm sure there are solutions that you found. So a little bit about that Vinith, as we wrap up.
1: Yep. Um, it'll be actually I would be incorrect or I would be lying if I said it's not a challenge and I... it's just an enjoyable exercise working across time zones. It's It's from a factual perspective of course it brings its own challenges Two time zones which are separated by 10 or 12 hours uh, of course uh, the body clock and cycles are very different and uh, the working has its own challenges but having said that i think one of the good part about working with between you know time zones is has been that uh, our offices are on the eastern time zone so there's a pretty good healthy overlap uh, between the US uh, morning and the India evening, early evening. So our teams in US are uh, you know working let's say from eight um, you know onwards. That roughly translates to depending on the daylight saving anywhere between five, five thirty to you know six, six thirty in the evening. So that gives us a few good couple of three, four hours of overlap with our US counterparts um so that's how we manage the time zone uh perspective be a little cognizant about that and the other part is uh from a challenge perspective um uh, i'm seeing is that there are cultural differences between how uh work and um, you know communication assertability etc there are nuances of that so invest in um, you know, training and cultural ambassadors where some uh, travel can happen between, um, you know, US and India to absorb good practices and bring reality to the team, not just being a picture on, you know, Zoom or team calls, but Mm. to actually get to meet people and personalities. Um, I think the other challenge that we also see is um, creating a similar goal. Mm. Now, understanding the U.S. banking culture and other things, while it's a challenge, it's also an important, you can convert it into a learning opportunity for the team. Now, to be able to sit in India and have the opportunity to create something for the banking and, um, you know, something that's actually contributing to the GDP. Because when Mm. we lend to a small business in U.S., we are actually helping that business grow and that contributes in taxes and the GDP of U.S., So having that uh, ability while you're enjoying um, family time and everything is also a great learning experience. So while it's a challenge uh, of not knowing the banking sector, we converted that in itself into a great learning opportunity where people get to learn about the global banking industry and norms and lending uh, while sitting at India. Um, So I think these are some of the challenges that we've had. But overall, I think... uh, uh, building a great engineering culture you know when we are sitting in india so we are able to control it much better um you know we are able to demonstrate also and win the trust of our customers that we can not only build great stuff sitting here but we are actually maintaining and managing their systems 24 by 7 that banks can rely on so proving uh that out with a small team uh, itself creates a big win and a motivation for the team so that gives us a kick and me and my team that we are able yeah. to do that and create a lending uh, you know funded loans of 20 billion dollars all with a team of 200 people sitting in india
0: okay now those numbers are truly truly impressive and on that positive note, we will wrap up this really insightful conversation with Vineet. Thank you so much, Vineet, for giving us a bird's eye view of digital lending, the digital lending landscape around the world, and also the really important role that India plays in it. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap on another episode of FinTechX. Uh, thank you to all our listeners. Stay tuned on all the Credex channels for the next episode of FinTechX, where we bring another insightful conversation about the best stories from India's FinTech industry. Thank you so much, everybody. Goodbye.